So she approached him with an extended hand and said, Hi, I'm, Hel- I'm Ellen. He took one look at her and turned and bolted out the door. Not a word. And she wasn't that bad looking. The following Sunday, he returned to church and made this apology. My name is Bob Price, and I owe you an apology for my rude behavior last Sunday. You see, my deceased wife's name was Ellen. And I had been saying, dear God, please send me another Ellen. When you approached me and said, hi, I'm Ellen, I lost it. Bob and Ellen have now been married for 26 years. Both very grateful for God's answer to Bob's prayer. In our quiet time, we also need to develop perspectives on life from God's point of view so we can grow up. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, this daily, daily quiet time can have an effect everywhere we are. Um, people around us sometimes can tell whether we've had our quiet time or not. There was um, a four-year-old named Andrew who made an honest mistake. He was being a kid and he spilled something in his house and his mother responded with a screaming tirade. The little psychologist made this astute observation. Mommy... You forgot to ask Jesus to help you be nice today, didn't you? So a quiet time has a lot of, a lot of benefits. Number one, how do I get a quiet time? You make a commitment to yourself. I don't like to promise God. <laughs> Guess why? But I don't mind promising me hard stuff. And uh, I find out that I do better if... And this is those of you who have have a warm relationship with guilt. Listen to what I say very carefully because it comes out of that kind of context. Now, if you don't have a guilt problem and you just always do what you tell God you're going to do, go ahead and promise him. I promise me that I'm going to do stuff and it seems to work better. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you have a quiet time. Pray about praying, if you will. Does that make sense? Why not? With everything, in everything, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Number two, set an hour to start. Choose the time that best suits you, uh, your most productive time of day. I think I've got all kinds of typos in that. And uh, so just be, be it known unto you that somebody else makes the PowerPoints. No, that's not true. <laughs> this is not Joyce's fault. This is not Pam's fault. It's not Nate's fault. It's right here. I do my own PowerPoints, and uh, so pray for me. Uh, But the most productive time of day for about 70% of us is kind of the middle. There is 10% of us that, that just want to get up early. They just, you know, weird that way. And uh, about 20% want to stay up till 3 a.m. every night. But about 70% of us are kind of in the middle. So uh, if you need to do yours at night, it's, it's, it's okay as long as you do it. Um, I have found personally that I have to get mine early in the day 
or it doesn't happen. Did you hear that? Now, that's a testimony, and it will probably be good for 70% of you. If you're very, very early, or, you know, if you're an early riser and you're up before everyone else every day of the week, whether you go to bed early or not, then uh, I don't have to tell you when to do it. And if, you, if you're the one of those that, you know, you don't even start to see daylight until about noon. I don't care how long you've been up. You just, it doesn't work till then. Uh, you by all means do this in the evening. <clears throat> but we talk about self-discipline. And so let me go especially to those of you who are in this 70% uh, range of us, and you say, well, Pastor, yeah, you're, you're self-disciplined. Well, I can't get up early in the morning. And you know what? Sometimes I am. Often, actually, I'm about half self-disciplined. And you know where the discipline lies? About 10 p.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., unless I have a heavy-duty agenda, if I went to bed late, I'm not going to get up early. So the self-discipline is at night when it's time to go to bed, go to bed. And I, I can see you teenagers just on the inside. Bless you for not doing it on the outside. On the inside, you're just cringing. What? That's what little kids do. And big kids learn to be verbal enough to talk about it, but not smart enough to understand. No, I'm... Gotcha. Anyway, uh, here's the deal. The self-discipline at 10 p.m. or whatever hour it would be that you would need to go to bed so you can get up at 5 or 6 whenever you need to get up for this. In the city, I found out that people get up very much earlier than the rest of us. Now, I grew up in... Small town USA. I lived in a couple cities of about 60,000 in my growing up. Um, everything else was smaller than that where we lived. And so I, you know, farmers were the ones that got up early. When I moved to the city, I found out that farmers are still in the sack for a long time after city folks get up. I understand that. Now, when we first got here, I had a deacon who got up at 3.30 in the morning. And uh, boy, did I get guilt feelings when the board meeting would get to be about 10 o'clock, 10.30... You know, and I'm thinking, he, he never put that pressure on me at all, but I put it on myself, and it should have been there. Now, going to bed early is not a matter of as much self-discipline as it is to look at what is important. There is a term, prioritize, and it implies kind of a, of a misuse of the English language because you can't have priorities because priority, by definition, is the one main thing. So let, let me just use what is important. If it is important for you to be able to say to your, your peers tomorrow, man, I stayed up till X, you're not going to have the self-discipline to go to bed so you can get up and have a quiet time. But if you can die to that and just look like a geek, God forbid... Who wants to look like a geese? Anybody here? We have one. Nobody but one wants to be a geek or thought of as a geek. 
We don't want to appear like a geek. We want to be accepted. We want to be cool. Whatever you do, let me know you think I'm cool. That's, that's what we just say without saying it. We say it in every way. Okay, old, young, in between. Give up a TV show that comes on late. It is not the Holy Spirit probably that's guiding you to watch that thing anyway. Talk to me. Give that up and go to bed. And then when the alarm goes off at 4, 5, or 6 o'clock, whenever you set it so you can have this time with God... You'll just be able to say, like usual, roll over and get out of bed. And uh, so the discipline has, is related to how you think things are important in the evening. And please understand, in almost no case is self-discipline effectively exercised early in the day. It's late at night when it's exercised, and it will release you to do what you want to do, what you need to do. By the way, that's good advice, folks. Um, Number three, set a length of time you're going to do. I suggest if you do not have a quiet time that you start off with 20 or 30 minutes. Just pick a number and set the alarm that much earlier if you're in the 70% uh, range of those of us in the middle. And set the length of time the Holy Spirit will help you make this decision. If you think, I've got to have, if I'm going to have one, I'm going to have a two-hour quiet time. It'll never happen if you're like the rest of us. You probably are a geek if you can do that. No, I don't, I don't want to be insulting if you do that. God bless you, and I know he does. I don't have to say that. He takes care of you. But most of our days do not have a two-hour slot that's not filled if we get a two-hour slot Something we have been doing goes away. We fill it with something else. We don't sit in our chair saying, man, I wish there was something decent on TV to watch. There is nothing. I don't have a book to read. Nothing. Our life is not like that. If it is, if yours is, I don't want to hear about it. Because I don't know where you're from. You know, it's like, what? So pick a time. And I I suggest, you know, if if you... a wimp do <laughs> do twenty minutes if you're if you're a real deal do thirty minutes anyway. Number four, divide the period of time you spend with God. So much with the Scripture, so much time in conversation. Now, some of you are already on a Scripture reading program to read the Bible through this year, and I I totally commend you and I recommend you do that. Um. We need to go through the scripture. I go through the New Testament about 10 or 12 times a year and the Old Testament twice. And it, has, it just makes everything different. Everything about my life, about the ministry, about trying to help people, about working with me. changes everything. So get in the word. And if you're doing that, then just take that as the front part of your quiet time. Or, or the back part if you'd rather pray first. Whichever. Now, if you're not doing that, I suggest that since it's already into February, can't read the Bible through this year, <laughs> that you say, okay, if it's a half hour slot, the first 15 minutes, I'm going to read the Bible. That way you don't read for distance. 
You read to try to hear what it is saying. Let it speak to your heart. If you read one chapter three or four times over in that 15 minutes, fine. Don't worry about that if you're not reading for distance. Now, if you're reading through, you have to stay concentrated and go on through. If you're not, just read for this amount of time. Put your marker in there. And then let's do conversation. Now, all of us tend to be like the guy in the video that we started with. Just giving Jesus his OD, his orders of the day. This is what you need to do today. I do it. I do it. I, I, and I'll get to that in a minute, uh, how I do that. But if, you see, Jesus came into that meeting that we witnessed on the screen. He came in, he had his cup of coffee, and he's ready to talk. He's ready to visit Think of what could have happened in this guy's life if he'd said, Jesus, I'm struggling with, with my wife or my kid or my boss or, or I'm feeling badly. Can you help me and just shut up and see what Jesus would have said? What a different time that would have been. He wore himself slick getting through this list. Wore himself out. Bad. Uh, a bad time. I, prayer would really be unpleasant if that's all there is to it. So, when there, there, has, there, there must be time for you to stop and say, Tell me something about this. I'm in trouble. Um, and uh, that remind, I think I told you about the little guy the other day in his bedtime Prayers that he had prayed a while, you know, and thanking God for all that he's doing. And, and then he said, now I'd like to tell you about some things I'm not thankful for. You remember that? I think I told you that. You know what? That's okay in prayer. You're talking to Jesus and Jesus can see right through you. You can't fake it. <laughs> I love that. It's like, man... There, there are times when you feel like you have to keep your front up and you don't feel like being good, but you have to just put the good front on and you just go and try to do whatever it is you're trying to do, being good to people. You didn't want to, you don't feel like it, but you did a good thing to fake it, okay? You know, they taught us that. They said, act nice. Okay, I just nod or something. I'll, I'll, I'll leave this ear alone, if you will. Um, <laughs> you didn't get up early enough. And so, or, or get coffee on the way in or something. Anyway, uh, here's the deal. When we need to talk to God, we need to just converse with him. And I, I love it because there is a place in my prayer where I just ask him, okay, talk to me, and I'll show you that in a minute. And it, it is, it's a life-changing deal. Now, let me, let me go here. What prayer outline should I use? And uh, there, are, there are suggested prayers. Uh, one is called Acts, and it, the A stands for adoration and, and, and so forth. But Jesus, uh, 
uh, in Luke 11, one day when Jesus was praying in a certain place, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say. So, you know, it's like, oh, that might be a good form to follow. And so uh, probably 40 years ago, I started using that as my outline to pray. And let me show you how this works. Um, We start off, and then he taught them what the, the Catholics call the Our Father. And most of us know that Our Father prayer. And Our Father is talking about a couple of things. And I'm not going to exhaust the Lord's Prayer this morning. It is, it is an incredible, actually it would be a wonderful series to deal with. But it, the Father part is where we acknowledge that we belong to God. And you say, but I've got sin in my life when I come into that prayer. Acknowledge that you belong to God. We'll get to the sin late in the prayer. We'll get there. Our Father, hallowed be your name. By the way, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done, are all modified by the phrase, in earth as it is in heaven. In the, in the structure of the Greek there, it should be, uh, hallowed be your name, in earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, in earth as it is in heaven, and Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So keep that in mind. This is asking for the kingdom of God. All of that prayer is asking for the kingdom of God to come to the earth and especially into the little earth here. And we'll get there in a minute. Uh, Hallowed be your name in earth as it is in heaven. So this is the application to the whole earth. And you can say, God, let every individual, let every group, whether there's two of them or, or two billion of them, Every individual, every entity in the earth, hallow your name as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus taught us to pray. You say, I don't have faith for that. Well, just say his prayer and say, Lord, I don't think I believe this. Would you, can you help me with this? You see, you say stuff. You might not say it right that minute, but you say stuff that will change your life. So you apply it to the whole earth. And then here is the place where daily you can Review the blessings that God has done for you. All of the, you know, I used to say, play that tape. Play that tape over and over and over again. I'm talking about when you heard God's voice or when God spoke to you, when he, the scripture jumped off the page and just changed you in the, right in the middle of the problem. Didn't solve the problem, solved you. And you were fine. Problem worked out. Obviously, you're not dead. So, you know, it worked, but you were changed before the circumstances were changed. This is the will of God. And those tapes need to be played at least once a day. Now we say DVD. Play that, wear that DVD slick. Wear it till there's not any little electronic grooves left on it. And then I like to put here, hallowed be your name in the earth of my life. Come and get me individually and hallow your name in me so that everything I do and say is praising you. And then at that point, you can add your prayer list. Lord, do that in Eunice and Pam and Christy and Mike and Steve 
and Natalie and Lauren and Andrew and Brandon and Nathan and Avery and Mary Beth and Dad and Ed. You see, you put them right in there, bring the kingdom of God or the hallowing of the name of God into their earth, the earth of this individual life. What are you made out of anyway? You're dirt. So it's okay to call yourself an earth. And do this in me and in all of these. And that's where I pray for these people that God has put on my heart, which includes you. And it, it's, it's fun. Then you pray. Your kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come is the rulership of God. That's where God is the king. That's the arena where God's the boss. Uh, physical application, the immediate application is God bring your kingdom to this earth. Every individual, every group, every entity, large or small, bring your kingdom, your rulership as it is in heaven. And then I say, now... In me and this bunch of folks I've just listed off, Holy Spirit, bring what you are. The kingdom of God is not a matter of dietary rules. It's not what we eat or drink. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The kingdom of God is the fruit of the Spirit. And that's on the next slide, I believe. Guys, I'm sorry I did that to you. It's a little bit funky this morning. Uh, Not only did I do the typos. The kingdom of God is, you see, we're saying kingdom of God coming to this earth. And it is the fruit of the spirit, not a matter of eating and drinking. And in 1 Corinthians 4.20, kingdom of God is not a bunch of words. Yakety, 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 yakety. We're going to talk God's kingdom onto this earth. We're going to talk somebody into the kingdom of God. If I can just get hold of them, if I can just get them to sit down with me, I, I can fix them with my mouth. I'm just yakety, 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 yak. It's not the kingdom of God. It's not a bunch of talk. It's power. And I pray for me and I pray for you right there. Holy Spirit. When I live, may it be righteousness, as righteous as the one whose name is Holy Spirit. And when I speak, touch people, my presence in the room, may it be the power of the one who created the universe, whose name is Holy Spirit. It's a good prayer, folks. It's a big prayer. Kingdom of God come. And, and of course, you, you bring your prayer list in there and anoint them with this. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Will of God be done in earth as it is in heaven. And uh, that's a good place to pray for, for government, for uh, all of the application that every individual in this earth, every entity in this earth will do the will of God as it's done in heaven. You say, I don't have faith for that. Jesus taught us to pray it. Give it to him. In words and say, Holy Spirit, do something with this that looks like faith, that looks like God at work. You see, this it is not up to us to change this world by the strength of our arm or by the strength of our organization. And we have, since it's legal to be a Christian and legal to 
do certain demonstrations and so forth. We have wanted to organize in this country and bring pressure to bear on our elected officials. And you say, if we don't, we're crazy. I say, you're unbelieving if you do. You don't think God is going to do it. You think God has you here to put pressure on your elected official. Now, I write as a citizen and email and do all the stuff to elected officials to let them know what I think. And you know how much good that does? Good, tell me, because I don't know how much good it does, if any. But I do know this, that when we start to pray and we say, Holy Spirit, bring your will into my president's mind, into my secretary of state's mind, into the policymaker's mind, bring it there. I know that the Holy Spirit has power. And he doesn't need my email. I'm going, to, I'm going to do that function as a citizen under certain limitations. But I don't have faith in it. I have faith in the Lord. It's kind of like people say, do you believe in the devil? No, I believe in Jesus. But I think there is a devil. And so I believe that uh, I can have some small effect as a citizen... And honey, that's not what we need in our lives. We need the power of God. And so here is the place to pray for the will of God to be done in Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the salvation of every, everyone in Israel. That'll stretch your faith. Every Jew, every non-Jew. And, it, and some of you know enough about what's going on over there to know the incredible hate that is generations old. On both sides, both sides. And we say, save every Jew, every non-Jew. <laughs> and then I laugh and I say, oh, Holy Spirit, doesn't strain you. You see, he could give a vision to every Jew in Israel on the same night. And Jesus could just sit down with them and talk to them. He could do the same thing with every non-Jew. Could he? Pray for their salvation. Jesus died for them. Hello? Good grief. Maybe you're agreeing. Tell me. Pray for the will of God. And, and again, I, I put here, pray that the Holy Spirit will crowd policymakers in our state department to devise policies that will bless and not curse Israel. That's so important for our nation. And then pray for the will of God in your decisions in the church. This is where I pray, oh, God, give us wisdom as we do this capital campaign. Give us wisdom as we try to pick an architect and a builder and as we lay out the needs in this, in this building program. Oh, God, that's will of God be done. That's the place to pray that. Then here is, here is where there's some really heavy-duty stuff. Give us today the bread we need. Now, we need material things. If you want to pray about that, you can. You can put uh, the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. Seek it. And all this stuff will come without you asking, but it's okay to ask. It's not a sin to ask. And then I say, give us the daily bread of deliverance. What does that mean? Do you remember the uh, Gentile woman in the region of Tyre and Sidon? And Jesus had gone away for some, uh, on a retreat. He was trying to get some R&R. And this Gentile woman spotted him and came up as close as she dared and started hollering at him. And the disciples were concerned that Jesus would get the proper rest, you know, and take care of Jesus. And, and they tried to shut her up and, you know, 
He didn't shut up. And so they turned to Jesus. Jesus, she's wearing a slick and you're not going to get any rest. Tell her to shut up. And he, so he did. He, he told her this way. She was asking for deliverance for a demonized daughter. He said, it is not proper to take the children's bread, meaning, and he was sent only to the house of Israel. He was a purpose-driven person. He was sent only to the house of Israel, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And so he turned to her and said, uh, I, I can't take food off the, the children's table and give it to dogs. Whoa. Are you ready for that? Sweet, gentle Jesus. Go away, dog. And you know what she did? She just burst into tears and went away. Her daughter died of demons. No, man. She said, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, this is the, one of the best stories in all of Scripture. She said, you're right. We don't have any right to the children's bread. But the little lap dogs wait under the table for the children to be sloppy in their eating and drop crumbs. She was saying, just a crumb from God's table is all I need for this little girl. Help me. You know what happened to her kid? Delivered. Set free. Never bound by Satan again because she understood the power of God. And that's what I'm talking about when I say the daily bread of deliverance. The bread that just is crumbs. All we need from God is crumbs. And we are the children. He serves us a full plate. So pray largely at this point in your prayer. This is where you bring those who are ill. This is where... I pray for, for people like uh, Linda's brother and her father. And I pray for our shut-ins. And I pray for whoever's in the hospital and the people who are chronically ill among us. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing. There's a bunch of gals in this congregation that I call by name every day. Uh, many of them do not have... A husband or father to take care of them. Some of them would probably be better off if they didn't have a... No. And uh, I, I say, Holy Spirit, take care of these gals better than any husband or father can. That is, that is just such a fun prayer to pray. I just put you out there and just say, Holy Spirit, you do it. You take care of them. You encourage them. You draw to them everything they need. Oh, I love that prayer. That is... That is exciting. And then I also use uh, Jabez prayer. Some of you know what that is. And uh, this is a place to pray that. Because this is, give me the daily bread of deliverance. And then forgive us our sins. And that's pretty straightforward. And I say, this is, this is where the conversations, to a large extent, starts. I, I kind of got to get God to do what I want so that he's working on this stuff and I'm not. And then I say, okay, let's talk. And of course, I try to have that attitude all the way through the prayer and he does talk. But, but here it's like, okay, let's talk about my sin. And sometimes I can't think of anything. But the Holy Spirit's faithful if there's anything there. <laughs> he, just, he just, you can count on him. He'll just bring it right up. And then I say, okay, now 
Let's talk about whom I need to forgive. And sometimes I can't think of anyone. And so I say, okay, bring it to my mind because I don't want to get by with this. And he's very faithful, very faithful. And I have this deal with him. I, I usually repeat this about every third day. Holy Spirit, don't let me get by with anything in my past. Bring up anything, anytime that I need to forgive and I'll just deal with it because I'm not going to play games with a grudge. Why? Because if I don't forgive that person, God won't forgive my sins. The scripture is very, very clear. Forgive. And so the Holy Spirit will do that. Then, um, lead us not into temptation. That's pretty clear. I, I like to ask God to give me the wisdom to praise him. To, first of all, to help me see temptation as temptation instead of just pressure. I need to do something. You know, there's this pressure. Instead of that, help me to see this as some kind of ploy of my flesh, the world, or the devil, and say, ah, a temptation, Lord, because I know how to praise God for temptations. And if you don't know how to do that, man, I'd love to just sit down. Let's get a good cup of coffee somewhere sometime and just let me tell you the little bit of, of info so that you can just be joyous in praising God when you're pressurized, you say, but I'm being pressured to do something wrong. Have you done it? No, but man, oh, I hate this. I know the feeling. And if you stay, take one step back and say, look, a temptation. Praise your name, Lord. You're going to use this to form more of Jesus Christ. You said all things would work together for good if I love you and I love you. And I want Christ formed in me. And I start praising God and it just gets so easy. It's marvelous. It is an incredible experience. And then deliver us from the evil one. And I don't spend any time there. Uh, unless the Holy Spirit just kind of guides me to spend some time there. I don't want to mess with the devil. I've heard guys... Preaching and teaching, saying, you know, we have authority over the devil. Let me at him. And I want to say, devil, he's right over there. Just go over there. Because I don't want to mess with him. And if I have to, I will. I don't want to mess with demons. If I have to, I will. I've exorcised some demons in my ministry. I don't like that. I praise God I don't have an, an active ministry in that. If you need exorcism, uh, call me. I'll refer you. No, I'll... I'll pray with you. <laughs> but you see, we are, we are taught to pray, deliver us from the evil one. You know, I don't, I don't want temptation, God, and I don't want the evil one. And see, that kind of helps keep us humble. Because if there is one thing that is absolutely, absolutely imperative, it is necessary, it is a requisite, it is humility before God. And when we're humble before God, we can be humble about the devil. And if the devil comes against us, we're humble before God. He will lift us up and take care of the devil by the power of the Holy Spirit through us. And if, if I have my preference, he'll take care of the devil through you. And I won't have to mess with him. But if he wants me to, I will. Will of God be done since he has already been prayed. And this prayer just sets me up. I feel like... If, if I get in trouble, if I get under pressure of some kind, if I can just get to my quiet time, I'm going to be okay. 
because I, I have learned how to come to terms with everything that is against what God wants to do in me in that prayer time. And that makes it a lot easier to roll out and hit the alarm and go get started. Makes it a lot easier. And um, I, I commend that to you. If you're not doing it, go through those steps. They're in the service bulletin. If you didn't take notes, you can pretty well make out what it is without.